Welcome to the Study On Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Bauman, and I am passionate about Bible study. Friend, my journey has not been an easy one. I am a trauma and abuse survivor, and I still walk with a limp. But I also walk in freedom, because as I've studied God's Word, He has released me from layers of shame and invited me into a life filled with an abundance of His peace, joy, rest, and hope. I'm transformed because I study the Bible, and my heart's desire is to create offerings that help you get and stay in your Bible so you experience that transformation too. So thank you for spending a few minutes with me. Maybe it's as you enjoy your coffee or with pen and notebook ready, or you're driving to work or walking the dog from wherever you are in your day. Let's dive deep into a verse of scripture together. So we walk steady on. Let's get started. Welcome. We are in week three of the season of Lent. If you are listening when this episode drops live and during Lent, we are exploring five areas that I believe are the essentials of a Christian walk. And the five areas are prayer, study, worship, fellowship, and service. Today, we're using my step-by-step Bible study method to look into Psalm 113.3, and we'll be discussing the importance of worship. Step-by-step is an inductive Bible study tool that focuses on one word in one verse of Scripture to find life application. And if you'd like to study along with me today, you will find links to a study sheet and the step-by-step masterclass videos in today's show notes. So Psalm 113.3 in the NIV says this, From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Psalms is a book that means praises. It's a word that means praises or songs or instrumental music. The complete collection of Psalms is 150. It is Israel's book of worship. And there are many authors because each psalm stands alone, like kind of like songs on an album, right? They kind of all go together, but they all have their unique flair. But the author most frequently identified is King David. Chapter 113, where we're hanging out today, has nine verses. It is a psalm about praise to the Lord who lifts the lowly. And the verse that we are focusing on today falls in the section that talks about the lasting nature of God's praise or of God's praise worthiness. And so again, Psalm 113.3 says, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Step one in the Bible study method is choose our word and our word for today is praised. The definition of praised, it's the past term of the word praise, of course, and praise means commendation, which is a message of affection or respect or favorable representation in words or worship. Some synonyms for the word praise means to flatter, to compliment, to adore, elevate, glorify, exalt, celebrate, esteem, or honor. Some antonyms Ah, And these are a bit ouchy today. They often are, but they are a bit ouchy today because we definitely, we, I'll say I, I, I'll say we, (laughs) we definitely do this with or to God. So these are some of the antonyms of praise. I think this is really helpful as we just prepare ourselves to think about step four when we identify the lie of the enemy. But things like blame, accuse, admonish, critique, curse, nitpick, 
complain to, find fault with, pass judgment on, hold responsible. These are things that are opposite of praise. And I want to be real quick to say that doesn't mean that we don't bring our questions to God. God wants us to bring our questions to him. That doesn't mean that we don't wrestle with him sometimes when things happen in our lives, because it's those places. I was just sharing with a friend of mine just today, actually, about how one of the things that God is teaching me is that disappointment and faith are not contradictions. Like He wants us to bring our questions, our disappointments, our concerns, our anxiety. He wants us to bring all of that to Him. But when we become accusatory, you didn't do this for me, right? What are some of these other antonyms? When we critique the work that He's doing in our life, when we're blaming Him, when we're complaining to him, when we're finding fault with the way that he is orchestrating things or unfolding things for us, when we're holding him responsible for something that actually is a result of sin in the world, and it's not something that he did to us, but it's something that he's calling us to get closer to him in the midst of whatever is has happened to us. But when we have those kind of challenges for him, then we're not bringing questions with a teachable heart. We're actually Oh, creating an idol of ourselves and declaring that I knew the right way to do this and you didn't do it my way. And that's something that really, I know I need that check in my spirit from him sometimes because all of those things, those antonyms, I have certainly done in my relationship with God. Now, the good news in all of this before we even move forward is Lamentations 3.23. That's just one place that the good news is that his mercies are new every morning. So even when we find ourselves in a place of blaming or accusing or critiquing, um, as soon as we recognize that that's the choices that we're making in our relationship with him, all we need to do is just confess that and we can feel that mercy just rain down on our spirit and we can just call, hear him calling us back into closeness and connection with him. So thank you, Jesus, for that. So step two in the method is to investigate. We divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare our word. Again, the word is praised in other translations. I just found a couple of things I wanted to share. In the Amplified, it said praised, but then it added with awe-inspired reverence. And I thought that was just an important addition about what this means, what that attitude of praise is like. And then in the voice, it says, may the name of the eternal be high in the hearts of his people. And I loved that. It's kind of like, what's the thing that's being lifted, right? What's the thing that's like prevalent, that's taking up the most space? Or just this idea that may the name be high in my heart. It's like my go-to. That's that's the, that's kind of like the image that I was thinking of, that praising his name, lifting his name, glorifying his name, speaking his name, giving him credit for the things that are, that are just wonderful blessings that he has poured out into my life is that high in my heart, right? Mm, I loved that. Part two in the investigate step is to research the original word. The Strong's number, if you like to know that, is H1984, halal. It is a root word, and it means to be clear, originally of sound, but usually of color. There's a clear sound. Praise means a clear sound. It means to shine, to make a show, to to boast and thus to be clamorously foolish. Okay. <laughs> this is where we get tripped up sometimes. We don't like to look foolish. And sometimes when we praise God, ooh, this, this is getting me right now. When we praise God, 
when it seems like there's no reason to praise God and that other people maybe even are acu- are, are encouraging us to be accusatory or blaming or nitpick or critique some of those antonyms, right? It can look foolish when we're like, no, I don't know what God is doing. I'm disappointed right now. I'm in this place that I don't understand, but I know God is good and I will praise his name. That can look foolish. And so we some- sometimes just really Hold back from that. It also means to celebrate or to stultify, which means cause or appear foolish. I had to look that one up. I did not know stultify. Um, but again, there's this, um, there's a clearness. It's like a lack of ambivalence. I'm very clear on what I want to do here. The name of God is high in my heart. I will lift his name. I will praise his name. I will shout his name. I will declare his name and that he is good. And I will do it even when I suspect or even know for sure that I look pretty foolish in doing it, right? Mm, It's tough. It is tough. But I love this verse. It says, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be lifted high, clearly, and even a little bit foolishly, right? It's to be praised. Part three in the method is to read a little bit of commentary. The enduring word says this, using the Hebrew pattern of repetition, the psalmist emphasized the idea that God is worthy of continual praise. If you were with us a couple of weeks ago, we talked about praying continually. Uh, If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I encourage you to do that. Susie Crosby was with me and we talked about the idea of praying continually. And now we're talking about praising continually. And as we're thinking about these elements of a Christian walk, This idea of continually, of course, we're not going to do anything all the time successfully, right? But as we grow and mature as Christians, are we doing these things, these spiritual disciplines, praying and studying and worshiping, and we'll get to fellowship and service here in the next couple of weeks, but are we doing those things ever more than we used to be? Do I worship and praise Him more Is the name of the Lord higher in my heart than it was last month, last year, when I was first saved, right? One of the commentaries said, this hymn of praise is the first of the Psalms that were used at the great annual festivals. And those festivals are Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And Psalms 113 and 114, where we're hanging out today, were sung before the meal And Psalms 115 to 118 were sung after the meal. And the meal that they're talking about is the Passover meal. And I just love the idea of people gathered around to celebrate a festival, to praise God and to recognize God and to remember God. And one of the things that they're saying is all day, every day, uh, let us be praising the Lord. Let his name be high in our hearts, just as that, just that sweet reminder Trimper Longman III says, The psalmist calls on all God's servants to praise him. The name of the Lord signifies his reputation, won by his great actions and wonderful character. His worship should be unending, both now and forevermore, and universal, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. Part four in the investigate step is to rewrite the verse in our own words. So I'm going to read it again. Psalm 113.3 in the NIV From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. I rewrote it this way. In all the world, among every nation and in every home, the greatness of the Lord is evident, and he is worthy of demonstrative admiration, not our criticizing and blaming. 
Step three in the method is to find the characteristics of God. And of course, simply, I wrote that he is praiseworthy. All I need to do is look around my surroundings and take a quick tour of my life to see countless places that he deserves, that he is worthy of my voice being raised to shout his praises. And I also put that he is a God of good deeds, even as he's taking me through hard places, because he does take us through hard places, we can see, and I've been able to see his faithfulness. And as I'm intentional about looking for him, he is apparent to me. I can find the places that he is faithful and that he is bringing and pouring out good deeds in my life, even when I'm struggling. This is not an either or, right? God is worthy to be praised in all things. Now, step four is identify the lie of the enemy as we study. And I want to go back to the opposites. You know, we talked about this a few minutes ago when we were looking at the opposites. Because when I am quick to blame, accuse, admonish, critique, curse, nitpick, complain to, find fault with, pass judgment on, or hold responsible God for something that I, quite frankly, don't like in my life, right? Something that I see a place in my life where my expectations aren't being met, then I need to ask myself, what am I believing? What's causing that accusation, that opposite of praise? And I think that it's maybe something like God is only worthy of praise when he does what you ask him to, when he does what you tell him to, when he does what you want him to. And it is so easy to fall in alignment with that lie. Uh, that we question God's faithfulness, we question God's promises when we're in a place that doesn't feel good, that we don't like, that we didn't expect. You know what that place is, right? We experience that place probably almost daily in small ways, and then we experience seasons of really hard in other ways. And so I just encourage you, the enemy will tempt you in times when your expectations haven't been met to believe that that means God isn't good or that God isn't faithful or that God isn't worthy of praise. And so what will you speak back to that? You will speak back to that, his promises, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love you with an unfailing love. You will, you will speak back to that with those promises and you will be intentional about looking for his good deeds and his faithfulness and the way that he is keeping his promises even in that tough place. And I just encourage you in that, my friend. It is a practice. And as we're talking about these essentials of a Christian faith, this is something that I have learned to do. And it's a muscle that I exercise so that it grows and gets stronger. When I'm in that place of angst with the Lord, I have to like go to what I know to be true and discipline myself and say, I am not aligning with that. You have been so good to me so much, and I'm going to focus on that. And yes, over here, there's something that I'm not happy with right now, but I'm going to talk to you about that. And I'm going to trust that you're going to show me what you're doing there because I will not fall victim to the belief or align myself with something that simply isn't true, that you have forgotten me, abandoned me, or simply don't care about me anymore. It's just ridiculous, right? But as we grow and mature in our own walk, we have to be more conscious of where we are believing that and talking to ourselves, reframing those thoughts so they reflect a trust in a trustworthy father. 
Okay, step five is called so what? It's where we make note of a key takeaway. My so what for today is what will I praise him for in this day, in this hour, in this moment? He is worthy of continual praise and I can find something every second I decide I want to, to praise him for. I would love to hear your takeaway. You can email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you have not yet, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees that you will receive every episode when it drops. And if someone came to mind today, I would love it if you would share this episode with them. Inviting them into what we're doing here is another great way to support the show. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved cherished child of God. Peace.